0: Something happening here. But what it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man
1: with a gun over there telling me I got to beware. All right, guys, uh, welcome to the Crazy Pills Podcast. And today I'm going to talk about what kind of part two of what I talked about last time. So, my exit strategy from crypto and then some other. Places to look for opportunities. Uh, this is actually take two. The first one I made was 42 minutes. It's actually pretty good. It just, what I noticed is I went into a lot of details, explaining in detail a lot more why I'm doing what I'm doing. And it just, I realized probably for most people that are watching, it's just too much, right? I would much rather actually condense it a little bit, give you like the general overview, maybe like a quick 30 seconds in a minute on why and then if you are interested you feel like it calls to you definitely do your own research because uh, i'm not a financial advisor obviously uh you know i'm just a guy who studies this stuff on his own you know to get a lot of information and then uh read a lot listen to other experts and then formulate my own thoughts and opinions all right so don't take anything i'm saying as financial advice or well, if you do it's on you right this is just my opinions and then what i'm personally doing okay so uh, before we could talk about anything else, and I've talked about this in the past, if you're wired to not be able to save up money, nothing you do is on the surface, changing the circumstance isn't going to actually make a lick of difference. Okay, We've all probably heard of the study before where you, uh, there's, there's homeless people, right? A lot of homeless people win the lottery, and they actually did like a study on it. Within five years, it was some crazy number, like 90% of the homeless people that won the lottery had to file for bankruptcy or were broke again, okay? And like the average amount they, they won, it's like they had to spend like $6,000 a day or some some crazy number like that to actually have to go broke, okay? so. In the studies, a lot of them talk about, oh, they don't know proper risk management, they don't have good boundaries, they just give money to friends, you know, like they're not financially educated. Yes, I get all that. And what none of those studies talk about is fundamentally that person subconsciously, energetically, is not actually wired to be wealthy, okay? If you suspect that that's money, retaining money is an area for you where you're there's some kind of blockage where it just doesn't flow easily that should be where you put your attention on first okay not to necessarily fix it but just to actually experience it for what it is so uh i'll link the video about a few months ago when i made i did a seminar that was actually the first part and uh it talks about okay how do you actually start experiencing or seeing that blind spot okay it doesn't mean you figure it out right away sometimes it might take some time right but now At least you're connected to what's causing you have the results that you're having, as opposed to chasing the results and then not the cause. Okay. Funny enough, um, everything in life works this way. Okay. So here are some signs to know that if you're not wired—that's probably not a good way to put it—if subconsciously or energetically you have a blockage in that area. Okay. If there is some negative association with having wealth, whether um, it's for people that are greedy, it's uh, uh, people that are, uh, um, it only goes get, goes to lucky people, uh, only goes to people that are willing to take advantage of other people, some kind of narrative that's there, there's something that's actually fueling that. And then also, here's the other one, it's a little bit more uh, subtle, but... Um, If you're actually looking to get money to move away from something, okay? So for example, a common one is I don't feel confident. I don't feel like I'm enough. And then if I have a lot of money, then all of a sudden I'll actually feel better about myself. So in that case, money is your focus to solve some kind of problem you have. So you're actually trying to move away from something. If that's the case, you're just not going to be able to make a lot of money. Okay, and that's not saying that that's bad. It's just there's something actually driving that mechanism, right? And uh, I own a gym. I mean, obviously, I'm into fitness, uh, health. Like we put you in your body. I could extrapolate that out to uh, diet and exercise. And uh, there's a lot of uh, people, and I'll just in this case, I'll talk about women that I notice that it's like there's an obsession with either the weight on the scale or the body fat. Of like, okay, do I eat less? Do I do this and this? And it's just, there's something going on. And then in their mind, they think, if I get to a certain body weight or body fat percentage, uh, then I'll actually feel better, right? And sometimes it could be tied to shame. Sometimes it could be tied to guilt. Sometimes it could be tied to uh, worthlessness, helplessness, right? This is a real talk. Um, most people don't even have this awareness. And then once you have this awareness, the there's a hunger to actually choose something else. And rather than having to figure it out on your own, uh, you're actually open to life, giving you experiences to help you discover uh, what actually works for you, okay? Uh, One of my favorite quotes, is from uh, one of my favorite authors and spiritual teacher, his name is Eckhart Tolle. And uh, his quote is that suffering is necessary until it is unnecessary. So sometimes for people, as soon as they experience it, it shifts and it's different. For some other people, they might actually still struggle with it, get in their own way for a bit, and that's just the journey or the process that they have to go to. And the first step is to actually see it. So personally, I run a um, awareness slash energy group meeting uh, every Wednesday afternoon at 5.30, right? And really that's my goal for people, is for them to actually have the ability to start noticing on a more subconscious level or in the background what's going on that's leading to the results you have. If your focus is on changing the circumstance, you're gonna have a hard time actually changing the underlying uh, story, okay? And I could tell you right now, uh, whether it's being tall, like I'm six two, um, uh, getting down to a certain body fat percentage, uh, lowest I've been recently, it was like under 5%, uh, getting to a certain fitness level, um, getting a certain amount of validation, whether it's, uh, attention from women, praise from friends, being acknowledged or something. Um, I've been lucky in my life. Uh, I accomplish a lot of those to a certain degree. It doesn't actually get you what you think it's going to okay If you're trying to get something so you could feel fill a lack and you have to really be have a degree of self-awareness and be honest with yourself. but if you're trying to fill a lack, even if you get it, which it's unlikely if you do, but even if you get it, you're gonna notice that it didn't work, okay? And at the same time, I'm encouraging you to actually try and get it, right? Because it's one thing to hear someone else tell you it doesn't work, but if you actually get it, and then you have that empty uh, experience, like, wow, it didn't work, it's okay. Uh, Like, it'll... Like, it's it'll actually be, okay, there's nothing wrong with you. That's just kind of how this stuff works, okay? So that's the end of my spiel on that. I should link linked the, uh, um, the seminar video where I talked about this a little bit more in depth before. But if you're in, in the area of finance, a great book to help you get started looking into this area is called Secrets of the Millionaire, Millionaire Mind uh, by T. Harv Ecker. okay? And I'll also link that in the uh, description. Okay, so, the second uh, point I want to talk about before I even talk about my extra strategy is uh, wealth. Okay, so everybody has a different personality. What, how, what, how they consider what they consider wealth, and what, like, what they actually enjoy doing with the money. Okay, um, for me, I think the first threshold that uh, I would consider uh, what's the threshold that I would actually consider if someone is wealthy or not. Is that their passive income can actually uh, support their lifestyle. Okay. So, where basically what I'm saying is you have enough money and that money is generating money where you cannot work for the rest of your life and not feel like your lifestyle is suffering and you can actually live. So, then now you don't need to work for money. You can actually choose what type of work you do. Okay. That's my threshold for crossing over. for for defining whether someone has crossed over um, into that wealthy category. And then from there, there's obviously different levels and stuff, but that's the first level to get to. So um, for me, my exit strategy, if I'm not there, is to actually get there first. And then from there, right, my strategy will probably change a little bit. Um, Now, I'm gonna start with crypto. (coughs) Actually, I'm gonna start with crypto. I'll actually see how do I want to go about this okay so let me just give you guys the what I'm gonna do up (laughs) front okay without a lot of context and I'll explain it a little bit so for me when I think this current crypto bubble is over where the risk starts getting higher and higher and higher and it's not worth it to keep that much in there anymore um, I'm going to actually uh, branch out into uh, physical silver. So you have to actually own it, or it doesn't count. Uh, some cash, and then I'm gonna keep some in crypto. Okay, and then uh, I'm gonna give a quick brief summary of each. Silver, I've made two videos talking about it. I'll link them in here. But silver, because I feel like uh, outside of crypto right now, it is probably the most undervalued asset in the world that you can actually still obtain. Okay, you can buy it online. You can buy it from a local precious metals dealer. Uh, right now it's trading between $25 and $26 an ounce. I think if it's properly valued for what it should be, it should be uh, over $600 an ounce. Okay, uh, I'll leave it at that. Uh, depending on where I'm at, um, the money I take out of the, the, the unrealized amount of money I have in crypto right now, so let's just say it's $100,000 or a uh, uh, I would take out 15%, so $15,000, and actually buy physical silver with it. If I had a million dollars, I would actually buy $150,000 worth of silver, okay? Just to uh, give you an idea of the ballpark or percentage, okay? The second one is I'm gonna wanna actually have cash, okay? Not, not actually physical money, uh, it could be in a bank account, but just fiat US dollars. So fiat just means it's unbacked by anything, so that's basically all the currencies around the world. And it's not because so much I value the US dollar or fiat currency, is that it allows me to actually just, you know, pay for stuff that I need to on a day-to-day basis. And then also um, having that money is uh, allows you to then move in into other stuff that comes up that I feel like is undervalued, okay? So again, um, if I have, $10,000 right I would take out 30% of it so I'll take out 30 grand and just have it as cash if I had a million dollars I probably wouldn't take out 300 grand right I would actually take out a little less maybe like about 200 just have that ready um, personally I don't live like a lavish lifestyle it's not the thing that really appeals to me You know, if anything I spend most of my money on uh, self-development courses just stuff that I feel like can really benefit uh, me and in my ability to impact the world okay so I actually don't need that much money to live. (laughs) So having, say like 200 grand, right? That can, I can actually survive for like a few years, not survive, but I could actually not have to bring in any income and use that money for a few years if I have to. Okay, and it's just just a personal preference. Um, and I don't really have a desire to go buy a very fancy car to show off my status or reputation, anything like that. It just doesn't really appeal to me, okay? Uh, so. That's why I would have the cash. Okay, Now, I'm very, very um, bearish on cash overall. Uh, we're moving to a digital dollar. right? So it's even though it's still called a dollar, and a lot of it will look similar, uh, on the back end of it, it will be very different. And I think uh, the catalyst, just a very short, is our current system of money is on the verge of falling apart. And that's not just the U.S. dollar. I think that's around the world, the current fiat system. And then uh, we're moving to digital dollars or digital. It's it's specifically called a central bank digital currency or CBDC. And uh, the difference between that and crypto is when it's a CBDC, it's centralized. So they could create as much of it as they want. But when they move to that, uh, it's like an economist's wet dream, right? They can actually uh, enforce negative interest rates or even expiration dates on on your money. So if it's like a negative 1% interest rate, right? If you have $100,000 in your bank, Without touching it, without doing anything, next year you only have ninety-nine thousand dollars, right? Or they could put an expiration date. Uh, China rolled out their digital RMB uh, this past year, and a couple hundred million people are uh, million people are actually using it, and they actually were give out money, but then put an expiration date on it, where like, hey, you have to spend it by this time, or else it's going to go to zero, right? And. Uh, that's pretty much the next step of stimulus because that's the whole point of stimulus. is isn't for you to go save and buy stock with it. It's actually for you to spend in an economy, but people aren't doing that right now, right? So um, if that actually sounds like a good idea for you, I would highly recommend you go study the economy because uh, that's pretty much the opposite of what the economy is, and that's just the next level of control. And uh, it's, uh, it's bad, bad news, okay? So that's actually coming. Uh, and then at the same time, um, decentralized uh, money or finance, crypto, and then what you could do with it is also rapidly uh, accelerating and, and um, taking hold. So it's really, really interesting to see in the future this uh, CBDC that's coming online and then what's happening to crypto and it's gonna collide and, and uh, I don't know what's gonna happen. Uh, I'm very, very hopeful but <laughs> But like, it's going to be a lot of turmoil. Okay. And I think when we really switch over to that uh, digital, the CBDCs where the government tries to do it is when our current monetary system collapses. Um, There's some clear signs of cracks that are there. I can't tell the exact time, but um, I think one catalyst could potentially be when the crypto bubble, the stock bubble and the real estate bubble all pop at the same time. Or it could just be a wave of bankruptcies because, you know, a company can't sustain itself just getting free money all the time. Right, like They have to actually produce value and earn. And at a certain point, when they're getting free money, and they still can't pay off the debt and do everything, or if people just lose confidence in the uh, current money, right, something dramatic will have to shift. So there's a lot of turmoil up ahead. Uh, and then that's why I'm not necessarily high on cash or just having money in the bank. But that's how we pay for money right now. And also, um, uh, it allows you to rapidly move money into another uh, asset class that you feel like is undervalued and there's an opportunity okay now crypto itself uh it's still in its infancy stage okay so this the dot-com bubble uh i think it popped uh around march of 2020 so you imagine if it's late 1999 okay you know it's going to go up a lot more right before it pops how would you play it right so there's a short term which is just okay when do when you think the local top of crypto is Uh, And this one, I'm going to get a little bit more uh, technical. If you're not familiar with crypto, I'll probably be talking over your heads. If you are, this will make a lot more sense, okay? So there's a local top, right? So far uh, for the crypto bull market, bear market, the bull run starts about every four years, okay? So in my last video, I already talked about it. We're, I think, heading into the final phase of the current crypto bull run. And in the very, very end, things go up really, really fast and then boom, it pops. And then for the next few years, It's going to actually trend down uh, from the high last time. There's cryptos that lost 95% of its value over like three years. Okay, so it would be really bad. Now, up to this point, crypto has been speculative, right? It's like projects where they're not actually really being used, even the ones that are being used in the real world. It's not mass adoption, Okay, There's a lot of framework in place now where crypto could be mass adopted by the time the next bull run comes around. So it might not be four years. But up to this point, it's just been like speculative projects. Okay. There's currently 9,000 something cryptos, in my opinion, just out of all the projects that I know of, uh, I could probably stretch it and get up to 30 project that I, projects that I think has a chance to survive. But even if it's 30 out of 9,000, right, you're talking about um, like, a, what is that? Like a third of a percent, right? It's extremely low. Okay. So when you're, have a crypto exit strategy you have to have a short term strategy how are you going to deal with this local bull market where you think the top is in and then how are you going to deal with it long term okay so if you were in stocks were into internet companies in the late in late 1999 and you knew that the bubble was about to pop but there's also stocks out there um for companies like uh netflix no me that some of those companies might not be public okay but like let's just say like you know netflix was out there Um, Amazon was out there, Google was out there, PayPal was out there, right? Like, how would you actually play it, right? Because when it it pops, everything's gonna drop down together, but it doesn't mean that those companies or those projects don't have real value, that they're actually gonna start being used in real life and really, really take off in the future, okay? So for me, that balance is about 50-50. I'm willing to take out 50% of the profits and move it into other stuff, and then I wanna leave in about uh, 50% or more that I'm okay with it, the, the value of it dropping a lot short-term because I'm investing in just acquiring more of those cryptos because I think uh, long-term is going to do a lot better. Now, one of the questions someone watching could have is, okay, if you think there's going to be a bubble that's going to pop, why don't you just sell it all into cash and then buy in when it's lower? Uh, if anyone's actually been in crypto, you know, it's just incredibly, incredibly hard a time And uh, sometimes you think, hey, you know what? I think that's it. What if it goes a lot higher? And then now I'm just sold out completely watching it go up, right? Like, but if I have say 50% in, 50% out, I'm okay with that 50% losing a lot of its value. And if it still goes up, I could take some more profit and leave some in, right? So like for me, that 50-50 is a good number. For some people, they'd rather take 65% profit, leave 35% in. But could you imagine, okay, let's just say, you took 95% out and you misread the top. Then it goes up another three or four X. So you only have 5% of your original portfolio in there and you're watching that 5% go three or four X. How, how would that actually feel to you, right? Everyone's number's a little bit different. Mine's about 50-50, okay? Um, the four projects that I'm really high on, like I said, I think there's like 30 that are gonna be survive. I can make a case for all of them. It's just, I decided to put all of my crypto into these four. So the first one is FOR and it's specifically it's called a Spark token, but it's actually for uh, Flare, okay? So Flare Network um, is decentralized finance. I think it's by far the best technologically, and they've just been very strategic and smart in the way they're going about setting everything up. So that launches in June, and I think Flare will have a very, very good shot of just completely taking out Ethereum and a lot of these other projects out there, because it just does it better, and they are just smarter with the way uh, they're gonna on-ramp everything. Okay, so Flare, F L R, XRP, Theta, T H E T A, and then uh, VET, V E T. Okay, so those are the projects that I'm going to hold, and then in that order, I think those are the this. That's the order as far as um, the weight I'm going to place in that. So I'm going to own more Flare value-wise than VET, even though I, I love VET. Right? Just, it's just how I'm going to uh, diversify that. Okay, so. I started talking about some of these projects uh, in the last video. I'm not going to do that. If you're interested, research it uh, just, to, just to understand why. And like, I think those projects, uh, what they have in common is they're solving a real world problem. Um, they already all have real world partnerships with large companies are already being used a little bit um, to a decent amount. Right. So and, and, and for the problem they're trying to solve, um, I think all four of those probably have the best technology in that field and it also has the best chance to survive okay so that's kind of my exit strategy i left out a lot and also uh, i am do i do a bad job of doing this okay so if you made it to the end you want to support um the video or, or uh, please if you're watching on youtube please uh, like it or comment apparently that's actually good for the algorithm or, or something um but if you're listening to it on podcast or Spotify, I did. I do link in a lot of the uh, videos, and I'll put it in the description too uh, videos that, that support a lot of the stuff I'm talking about, so you could check it out. But that's just my personal exit strategy. As far as when I'm going to exit, um, the strategy I follow is uh, largely based on uh, the work of a guy. <laughs> His uh, YouTube handle is called Blockchain Backer, uh, so uh, Blockchain Backer on YouTube, and uh, he's just. One probably the best that I've seen as far as doing technical technical analysis and reading trends. And uh, for me, I'm going to start exiting out of Bitcoin. I mean, not Bitcoin crypto, when uh, Bitcoin gets between 67 and 83,000. So the next time, so Bitcoin actually hit 65,000 a few weeks ago, right? So we're getting close. The next time it goes up and it reaches somewhere as soon as it gets above 67,000, I'm going to be very very careful. And then, if Bitcoin is dropping, sorry, so I say it hits say sixty-eight thousand, then it starts correcting, so it starts going down, and then the non-Bitcoin cryptocurrencies are going up when Bitcoin's going down. So that's called capitulating, right? Moving and op- they're not moving in tandem anymore. And then once Bitcoin's done correcting, it starts retracing, so it's going back up to retrace what it's lost. And when you're retracing. Um, the altcoins start going parabolic or start going crazy where you see like a couple hundred percent in a day or just massive movement. That's the, the, the clear sign that that's the final phase and the bubbles in. And that's where I'll be actually moving out of most of it um, until that happens. I think there's still some upside. My personal estimation, I already talked about it in the last video, which I made two weeks ago, right? This one, it could be a month and a half, maybe six months. My feeling is it's going to be closer to the uh, month and a half, two month period. And uh, you know, at this point I have people every day messaging me, asking me about crypto or just shooting the shit about it. And also, you know, cause I, I'm a nerd, I study all this stuff. So I can kind of see the type of people getting into it, right, when like the mom is getting into crypto where she had no idea what it was before, that's also a sign that the end is coming. Okay, so uh, if you are thinking about it, I think there's still some time left, but just know uh, I think for me, once Bitcoin gets above sixty-seven thousand, I think it dropped down to fifty-seven. It's right around fifty-seven right now. Once it gets above sixty-seven thousand, that risk of losing a lot of money starts going up um, dramatically. Okay, whereas uh, if you get in now, there's still going to be like a big run up before it's going to go down. Okay, so it's all risk reward, right? And uh, just something for you to weigh on your own. But blockchain backer, if you look them up on YouTube. He does a phenomenal job explaining his exit strategy, why. And it has like historical precedents to back it up. And there's a lot of people that think crypto is going to go to like, two, three hundred thousand, a million dollars, you know, stock to flow model, all that stuff. Like, I get it. But like just being around this crypto space for uh, over a year now, actually about a year and kind of getting a feel, seeing what it's like, you know, being able to study what happened in the past and everything. Uh, I just don't see it. OK, maybe it will go to two three hundred grand then my exit strategy will be very, very off, which is why I'm not gonna get out completely. I'll get out 50% and I'm willing to have the value drop uh, that the ones I live in drop, or actually e- even if it goes up a lot, you know, I I took profit and I could still actually benefit from that 50%, all right? Uh, you guys have any questions, feel free to re- reach out to me. I know the last two I talked specifically about finance. If you're here for the the social commentary I'll probably get back to that soon you know obviously if you follow me personally on like Instagram you see I have lots of opinions on that okay but thanks for watching or listening if you are listening um probably easier to watch because I'm going to link a lot of videos in there and, and pictures and stuff to back up what I'm talking about um but I will talk to you guys next time and remember I'm just some asshole that owns a gym don't take what I say and just follow it blindly you know use it to actually spark some curiosity do some research and um, yeah, I'll talk to you guys next time.
0: Yeah, my life you're my breath, you're a smile, you're my guest You're the earth, you're the sun, you're the grass, you are love You're my hands, you're a bug, you're my eyes, you're a hug You're the light in the dark, you're the spark, you are fun You're my mom, you are water, you're the stars, you're my daughter You're my friend to the end, you're my dreams, you're my father You're the ants on the ground, the miracles that surround I'm feeling it all around Hemisphere in the clouds you're my pain you're my sorrow you're my hope for tomorrow you're the strength when i'm hollow you're the path that i follow you're the blessings that exist the small things that are bliss the gift to realize that everything all that i am all that- I sit and pray, cause what I have is more than I deserve or could ever imagine How do I get back to all of this magic and spread the love so everybody can have it? Doesn't matter if I'm rich or poor, if I got a family or if I'm all alone Bad things happen, I can just complain and moan But there's a million things that I can be grateful for Everything I see, everything I hope And everything I dream, everything The small things that are bliss The gift to realize that everything is a gift